0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's President and CEO Zach Vasser, Principal Second Violin and Artistic Administrator Merwin Sue, and the TSO's Marketing Director Felicia Canny. Well, today we're talking about Richard Strauss, and we'll talk a little bit about Gustav Holst later on the program. Uh, our last episode was dedicated to the planets. And this time around, we are going to talk about music of Strauss and the tone poem Also Sprach Zarathustra, or Thus Spake Zarathustra is how it's usually uh, translated. And this is coming from a concert. It's happening uh, this weekend, February 2nd and 3rd at 8 o'clock p.m. at the uh, Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. And it is those two pieces of music. You can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or call up that box office number 419-246-8000. So we talked a lot about the planets last time, and, and most people are familiar with the planets. But when we say, you know, thus spake Zarathustra, some folks will know what we're talking about, the music we're talking about. Some folks will not. Uh, it's pretty safe to assume that they know, like, the very first part of it. And, and if I play it right now, you can hear that. Low rumbling, right?
1: It's an amazing way to begin. Some stereos probably can't even reproduce that, so you just get the trumpets. Right? right. But in the theater, imagine how this feels. In the theater, it's when it just says, like, MGM on the screen. That's the low note.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now everybody knows what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's been heard in, in so many different movies and... Different medium, would have you. It's almost a classical music cliche at this point. But there's, you know, another 40 minutes or whatever of music that happens <laughs> mm-hmm. after this fanfare. So that's what I want to talk about. Uh, this is based on a novel of the same name by the German uh, philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. And, uh, you know, if, if I tried to talk about what it was about, I think everybody's ears would glaze over, including mine. <laughs> so <laughs> does anybody have anything they want to say about Nietzsche? He was sort of like an anti-moralist in this novel, you know. Is he wanted to turn everything on its head. And, uh, you know, what well, more can we say?
2: It's a very interesting pivot for this season because our first season, we uh, the first part of the season, we really concentrated almost entirely on absolute music. We were talk, talking about music which, even if it had descriptive titles like New World, Symphony, things like that, were very much designed to function on their own. And I feel like I should have reached a much greater rhetorical <laughs> cre- crescendo at this moment than I actually have. Uh, but I mean, you
0: had the music right there, I really man. did. I needed to,
2: yeah. to, to time my, my sentiments a little bit better. That's all right. But, You'll get another chance later. But from... <laughs> from shadowing. From moving something very, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to need to cut this <laughs> Poor Merwin. No, this is your kazoo moment. Keep going. This yes. is fun to watch. Yeah, you're the first victim today. Just imagine so, how much fun it's gosh. listening.
2: So f- when you're moving from something as absolute music as Brahms' Second Symphony or Beethoven Emperor Concerto to also Sprach Zarathustra, and The Planets. You're taking two incredible pieces of absolute music and replacing them with two incredible pieces of program music. And that's really important for audiences to know because understanding what the composer is trying to depict outside of the music now actually does become fundamental to the listening experience. And that doesn't mean you have to have read the novel, but this sense that There's, you know, you're awaking out of this long, almost 10-year isolation, and this sunrise is what you first hear, that, in a way, it gives more importance to that early rumbling at the beginning. That's, like, that's 10 years of isolation, and all of a sudden, you're entering the world again. And I think that adds depth to the listening experience when you understand a few of those moments.
0: Yeah, and... Just knowing that the title of that opening movement is Sunrise, mm-hmm. right, makes a difference in how you view it, uh, starting from the darkness, and then we have the sun rising, and and you know, and we're off. Mm-hmm.
1: There was a programmatic intent here. We originally had uh, a piece called Atmospheres by Ligeti on this program. Oh, yeah. And Which was
0: used, by the way, in the 2001 Space absolutely. Odyssey right.
1: film. So, I guess we didn't want to nod to that too much, but, <laughs> you know, th- that th- the progression was to be... Starting with atmospheres, just mists out in space, and then also back where you have the sunrise, and then you you turn the camera outward and you have the planets. So there was this sort of ascension. We just realized it was it was simply too much music for one yeah. concert. Yeah. We're we're pushing eighty minutes as it is with these two pieces. So um, in fact, we're probably over eighty minutes. Yeah. So what we end up with is two enormous, very visual, amazing tone poems. And tone poems are very romantic, with a capital R. Um, it's really the difference between a Beethoven and Brahms world, to w- which were very romantic as well. But mm-hmm. this is, you know, living outside the sense of what music can achieve according to Beethoven and Brahms, and it really living in a story. And that's something that Strauss and Holst and Mahler and all of these wonderful late romantics really um, were enamored of.
0: Yeah, well, talking about the tone poem, you know, Strauss kind of owns the tone poem; he inherited it from Liszt who more mm-hmm. or less invented this idea of creating a little story in music. But Strauss really took that ball and ran with it. Right. And is famous for all these tone poems. And uh, I don't know, I mean, you know, this has such a, it has such a really strong association with 2001 A Space Odyssey sure. and with this whole mystery of outer space and mm-hmm. the uh, undiscovered frontier and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I, I'm wondering if that is really in line with what Strauss originally intended. Well, I mean, if you if you take it back to um, why does
1: it make good cinema music, and we've talked a lot about film music, I think mm-hmm. you know there is something otherworldly and searching in in these chords. But if you take it then a step back to the Nietzsche, um, you know the the if I remember what I was taught in sophomore year uh, lit courses in college. The brack was supposed to be the sort of um, ascension to, you know, um, you you have the humanity or the mankind versus the uh, the heavenly, right? Mm-hmm. And and Strauss does a really good job of of depicting that because if you if you get beyond yourself get outside yourself then you you can achieve this this ubermensch this uh, Superman right um, which is not an Aryan achievement by any means nothing related to politics at that time um, but really just to think about something where you can be a better yourself so you think about what we always are striving for yeah. to be better than we are now or, or to be more perfect than we are now and and I think Strauss does this really interesting thing with him music where he plays around with this idea of the the nature theme or the perfection is this uh, perfect C major chord and the mankind is this kind of dirgy B minor chord but Kind of sounds like what mankind feels like, yeah. and the C major chord is what you're really uh, striving for. So, as as Nietzsche was talking about that conflict, Strauss puts it into a musical term throughout the piece. So you have this major minor conflict, and it comes up in hysterical proportions. There are points where you know there's a you know great fugue and B minor, and then the, the nature takes over with a huge clash in the orchestra. Organ is just blazing. C major, you have these midnight bells throughout the piece, um, and then you have this weird waltz, which doesn't feel like humanity or or nature, but it's just spectacular. <laughs> it is one of the things
2: that's um, very um, unusual about about kind of coming back to the piece is the what we remember is this conflict and this kind of, you know, there's a very like K-N-O-T-T-Y, this naughty philosophical nature
0: to the piece. But, although I kind of like N-A-U-G-H-T-Y, N-A-U-G-H-T-Y <laughs> philosophical.
2: But, but
1: that's I th- that's the next classics program. That's good yeah. yeah, that's yeah. good <laughs> um, But
2: it is, I think one of the things that's actually a bit surprising about the Nietzsche is that there is this lightheartedness about Zarathustra. Yeah. I mean, it's not this kind of we talked about this dirgy nature, and that's that's certainly very much part of the piece. But the waltz, the dance, the lightheartedness. There's actually quite a lot of that mm-hmm. when Zarathustra's talking to his I guess I mean not the rabble part at the beginning, but there's kind of like a sense of discipleship towards the end of the end of the novel. And mm-hmm. it's it's funny. It's lighthearted yeah. and there's this and I think and there is this need to express in dance. And in, I think that was something that Nietzsche who was also a composer, I think was certainly not, you know, was not necessarily thinking that the waltz was an inappropriate form. No, but
1: there was a, there was a quote, and I'm going to mess this up and probably be apocryphal here. But I think at some point Nietzsche said that dancing is the highest form of, (laughs) of humanity. So there you, you can, you can do a lot of bad things, but if you take a moment to dance, then you're getting back to it, or you're you're getting more toward that that Superman. So in a way, that
0: waltz kind of fits. Absolutely, I it think. Fits. Otherwise, well, yeah, it, it's just Strauss it wanting fits. to you know yeah. play another Viennese waltz. <laughs> this is a little uh, music by Friedrich Nietzsche right here, a piano piece, Klavierstück. It would have been better in three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> Well, this is broadcast at 3.30. it yeah. <laughs> gives you a little taste. He also wrote a number of songs, uh, really interesting stuff. I think there's 40-some uh, pieces of music yeah. in the repertoire. Most, if not all, have actually been recorded. So,
2: In preparation for this concert, I've listened to none of those songs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because as I was uh, listening to the piece on my drive up, um, I was curious what the musicians kind of have to go through because like all of the sections of the orchestra, they're all exposed at one point or another. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get that brass at the beginning, you hear um, great woodwind parts in the middle and really, really high strings, I think. absolutely. So I'm curious, like what type of preparation, what do you do as a musician to prepare for a concert like this?
2: Well, I think it's. I can't really speak to the woodwind or brass players, unfortunately. It's I know it's a very difficult program. You can't speak to them? No, not at all. There's actually a, an invisible <laughs> no, wall. They just really? won't is listen. It's like Mozart in the jungle. <laughs> 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 it's called a sound shield. That <laughs> um, the Do you break
3: e strings. I don't
2: know. <laughs> well, one of the things that's really interesting is that Strauss takes each of the string sections and further divides them up. Oh, yeah. So um, there's eight different parts inside the second violin section and eight different parts inside the first violin yeah. section and there's i mean much for much of the piece um they're playing together but there's much more of a sense of kind of individual solo sections for each player that's so just his
0: way of, of making sure that there are enough string players in the oh orchestra. so if one
3: laps off then you know there's someone right, <laughs> right. yeah mm-hmm. Is that what creates kind of that atmospheric sound, all those string parts? Mm.
2: Those those layers, I think it's definitely a big yeah. part of it. You're mm-hmm. able to really hit every single overtone in the chords that way.
0: Yeah. Which it's is
2: really just impressive.
1: exhilarating to listen to. I mean it's no mm-hmm. surprise that this was really one of the big hi-fi moments in recording technology was yeah. to, to get this on disc and um you know to show off your system was to play also Spark's Arthustra.
0: Uh, you know, that title also Sprach Zarathustra. I studied German I like the way you say school. it much better than I'll the way I say it. Well, but, but Sprach, we know, is spoke or, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and we also, We don't use though, spake enough. Yeah, spake. Basic conversation. I think it's a cooking ingredient. Yes, I, I was I going it, to think, is it like yeah. a, a, a spake, <laughs> a spake <wing. laughs> Everything's better with spaken. But uh, also, I always, in my head, was thinking it's like, okay, so he also said it. Well, then what else did he say? Yeah. You know, it, but it just means... Thus. Uh, Yes. Right. Um, Now that we've talked about all these lofty goals and this wonderful music and this expansive string writing and everything, I want to bring everything back down to earth and get back in the gutter where we belong and do a little (laughs) quiz here. Um, Thank you for uh, reminding us of our (laughs) our mission here. Our mission, yes. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, inspired by the the classical music cliche of that opening fanfare that we heard, which has appeared in countless films, as we know. As far as I know... Correct me if I'm wrong, and, and listeners at home, you can you know write in, call us, and let us know. I, I think the first use of it in film was Stanley Kubrick in 2001, A Space Odyssey, 1960s. Maybe there was something earlier. I mean, truth be told, I didn't really dig too deeply <laughs> to figure that out. But, uh, right. well, Zach is pulling up his screen there. Maybe he can figure it out for us. But in the meantime, I have a quiz, okay? And here's how it works. You have to identify the movie. And these are all movies that 2001. Uh, I'm sorry that the the thus spake Zarathustra fanfare appeared in. Right, makes sense. That fanfare was used in the movie. What I'm going to do is read you a quote from the movie, and you have to identify the <laughs> we, film. We
2: really At need HL to. We really need to change this away from movies. <laughs> Here because, we go. I mean, I haven't seen a non-Disney movie.
0: <laughs> I've in seen so only long.
3: kids movies since. Yeah. Well, like then three you,
0: years. you may you may get some of really? these. Really? Okay. Yes. All right. Here's number one. I know I've made some very poor decisions recently. Now, you know, I'm not an actor, so. But I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. Can you tell me what movie that is from? <laughs> now, let me let me finish the quote. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission, and I want to help you. Is this spoken by a computer? Yes, is the computer's name Hal. Yeah, all right, <laughs> that's right. So that is two thousand one, Space Odyssey. Yeah. Okay, second one. Until mankind is peaceful enough not to have violence on the news, mm-hmm. there's no point in taking it out of shows that need it for entertainment value. And I, <laughs> is this that's net, a, that's network? a line spoken by a girl. Okay, by the way, <laughs> and uh, this is a movie made in 1995. Classic movie, a one-word title. Anybody have a clue as to what that might be? As no as violence is. No clues. Mm-hmm. You you have no clue as to what it, it. It's the movie is clueless. You're looking at me like. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, like, I, like what is I actually really like that movie. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't I don't remember, the see, I don't remember so, that yeah. scene wow. even remotely. Okay. <laughs> wow. Maybe I made it up. Okay, here's one. You might get this, Felicia. <laughs> fair, I'll tell you what... I'll... That's hard to say. Fair, I'll tell you what's not fair. Spending a lifetime on a dime store shelf, watching every other toy be sold. Well, finally, my waiting is paid off, and no hand-me-down cowboy doll is going to mess it up for me now. What movie is that from?
3: Well, that's... Obvious. Go for Correct. it. Go, go for, for it. it. Toy Take Story? It. Is it. Toy Story. I don't know which one. <laughs> Toy
0: Story two. Uh-huh. two.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. But but gotta, isn't that. it Toy Story two thousand one?
3: Excellent. you know that's the, the only pace. that's <laughs> the only movie I, we do not own <laughs> of <for> the series. <laughs> really. Yeah, I'm going to skip that the next one. I guess so. uh,
0: Here we go. I'm pretty sure that there's a lot more to life than being really, really, ridiculously good looking, and I plan on finding out what that is. That's just me talking. I thought that was, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want the quote. The life of Brad Crossman." <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we know what that is? No? A movie about the fashion industry? A funny movie about the fashion Zoolander? industry? Zoolander, yes. Okay. Wow. Bravo, bravo. Yay! There I we think, go.
3: I think that, that, way that is at best, that deserves the, the sarcastic
1: Zoolander game. has also Sprak
0: Zarthustra in the soundtrack? I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I could
3: see that. Uh, I yeah,
0: watch it. okay. And here's the final one. This is my favorite. Metamorphosis completed, sir. Spaceball one has now become <laughs> Mega Maid. Anybody know what that's from? This is Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've added a timpani to my
3: soundboard. I
0: like it. I like, I like it. it. I like, yeah, yeah, it's good. That's we can good use one. it. It might be my favorite sound effects yet. Okay. Well, I think Zach won because he actually got one of the questions. (laughs) No, you got one of them.
2: (laughs) With incredible leading.
0: It was a tie. It was. Wow. Here, here,
2: please, please take this obvious hint. Can we just take a moment and realize what we've just
1: done? I mean, that is what it feels like to make great radio. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm still waiting for that feeling. (laughs) I'm glad that you've experienced it. I will live it vicariously through you. You may have felt C major. I felt B minor. Yeah, that was a very B minor <laughs> performance here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, last week we had uh, Janet Amid, the astrologer from here in Toledo, come on to the show and talk all about uh, the planets and Holst and astrology. And we had so much fun. She's going to come back and join us. You know what? I'm playing the wrong track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was such a lead up. What happened there? Hang on. <laughs> here we go. Can't keep my finger off of that timpani button. Okay. Yeah, here we go. I don't hear the difference. We're
2: getting. <laughs> there. You have new headphones <laughs> and everything.
0: You guys, you guys have a drum set in your version, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So this is it now. I did
4: not see that
1: coming. <laughs> no, I certainly didn't. There you go. Is That's this your the welcome music. Janet Amid Show? Yeah. I
2: like that. That's yeah. really neat.
0: You get your own walk up music. Oh, well, you know what that is? That's how Elvis <laughs> That's introduced that. all of his exactly. shows <laughs> in uh, Las Vegas. Really? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. So, just another use. <laughs> yeah. And I think we spent like five, six minutes on that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to... If you're trying to burn time, you got to go edit that out. To... That's not fair. Yeah. No, but we want to get to Janet. <laughs> Janet Amid, who's a wonderful astrologer who joined us last time. We talked about the planets, and we talked about Gustav Holst and his mother issues, and this time we're talking about Uh, Richard Strauss, the composer of um, the music that we just heard, well, not really the music that we just heard, but the music that inspired the music that we just heard, uh, which is being heard on this concert. I want to mention again, it's happening this weekend, February 2nd and 3rd, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Peristyle, Holst's The Planets and Richard Strauss's Also Sprach Zarathustra, 419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. So, Janet i'm gonna let you take it away you want to talk about strauss i know that you also did our charts but yeah. let's save that for for a few minutes later. well
4: the f- interesting thing is what you'll find this interesting brad is that when i looked at his chart I saw a little bit of you in his chart.
0: Oh. Both
4: have Gemini, which indicates that they they both have a sense of humor. And what's interesting is they both have Virgo and Gemini. So you look at the the signs that they have that are very sim. They're symbiotic. There's a connection there. And so you know Strauss had his Moon in Virgo, so he obviously had an analytical side to his personality and was very methodical and very detailed. But yet the Gemini part, both ruled by Mercury, is a very communicative. Um, fun, socially out there sign. But again, how he comes across to the world, how he came across to the world and how he really is are two different things. I this, thought you
0: were still talking about me. I well, was you're so like saying.
4: that too. <laughs> <laughs> you're like that too. You come across very social, but you really like to isolate. Yeah. You you kind of like your privacy and you like your isolation. There's so, so many similarities. He also had stomach issues. <clears throat> and he also had... Um, <laughs> He didn't like change, was very particular about um, things like, you know, clothes and how in those days they didn't have the sanitary conditions we have now, yeah. but he was very particular about how he looked, how he, you know, how he smelled, you know, I mean, everything about him was just very, and he was funny about his food, what he ate. He, he was one of these people that couldn't have his food touching. So everything <laughs> had to have separation. You're not like that. Yeah. But um. But like
0: I, that. I'm all for food touching. Yeah.
4: But- <laughs> 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 Couldn't have that and he was very motivated he had a lot of motivation which is you also Brad there's a lot of motivation and you could tell that he um he wasn't too thrilled about men i mean he didn't like hanging around he loved hanging around with women he uh was you know he was drawn to being around women he this a, is
0: definitely about me <laughs> <Hi>.
4: <laughs> no, you have male friendships. It's a little bit that's a little different. You've had the same friends you've had for a long time, too. Very few but you, that you're close to but still there's a connection. Um but I do see that his he was you can tell that he liked to write at night, like he was really good at putting things together at night. He was so, sort of not, um, nocturnal oh, when yeah. it came to mm. things he did. He And his mind was racing. I wondered if he had a little bit, this is not you, Brad, a little bit of mental illness going on there.
0: Because he <laughs> Thank was, you for the, <laughs> for the
4: heads I, had up. To, <laughs> I had to throw that in because but he, you it. could tell that he sent, seemed to perseverate in his mind over and over again. There was quite a bit of repetition going yeah. on, and he just didn't let go of things.
2: I feel like when you present our Charts that we should also be paired with a famous composer. I would, I would really like this. Well, when when I
4: looked at his chart and I I was looking at everybody, I said, "God, he and Brad had similarities." There would have been good friends.
2: I've always thought the same thing about Richard
0: Strauss. I hold
2: him in an
4: entirely new
0: light. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Merwin, what did
4: you think about him? What were you saying?
2: Oh, actually, when you pointed out about how Strauss has a very good sense of humor, he does have some of the great lines um, about orchestras. um, His Um, One of his favorite lines is, don't don't look at the trombones. It only encourages them. Oh, there you go. See,
4: he had that wonderful. I didn't know that was a stress Oh, yeah. Very funny. And he always. Don't encourage the brass. If he was born in this day and time, he would have probably owned a his own business and wrote music and had his own studio and you know produced and directed he would have had like a Motown label or something I'm just mm, yeah. saying or some kind of label mm-hmm. because he just you could tell that he loved autonomy mm-hmm. and independence and in anything he did
1: you mentioned his concern over the, his appearance and, and I think about it I have an image in my head of, of Strauss uh, wearing a three piece pinstripe suit with a pocket sure. watch and yeah. yes. which he would famously look at to see if he was getting to the end of the rehearsal and could go out for drinks afterward
4: very picky about what he, how he looked. He had a strong influence with his father as well. Like Again, mm-hmm. another mommy mm-hmm. issue here with him. Not you, Brad. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were close to both. I'm but, so uh, confused. <laughs> but he was. He was. He had some mother issues. He had a sister. Did he have a sibling like that? He. Do you know? Because I, I, I think I don't he had know. some. I thought it was a sister that he had conflicts with. Because I kept picking that up a little bit. I'll look bit. it up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was really strong. He struggled with friendships when he was younger because he was different. So he struggled with friendships, and as he got older, he seemed to have draw people into his inner circle a little a little bit more. But his creativity was astounding, and his motivation was great. But he was similar to that of um, was it was it Van Gogh or Picasso who had that sort of had to write. At, or paint at a certain time of the light, or like mm. four o'clock in the morning. But I think it was Picasso. But mm. but similar to that, he could write at certain times and compose at certain times of the day or night because he he had a certain, <coughs> he was obsessive about certain things.
2: He was also an extremely busy man. You Very talked busy. about you talked about how in this time period he might be a director. Couldn't he would own a. Yeah, he was all he was he was a great conductor, possibly as. At certain points of his career, more well known for his conducting yep. than, his, than his composing, though right. he was. Um, so I think that you know, there would certainly be a lot of times of the day where he simply couldn't compose. He, there were certain times of years of the year that he almost never composed. He
4: couldn't sit still. He, you can tell because Geminis are one of the signs of the Zodiac that are very mobile. Every sign has its thing. Gemini is, it's a mobile sign. They can't sit still. You'll find most Geminis are pilots. They're composers. They're, uh, you know, they're truck drivers. They're, they're, they're always moving around. And he had a lot of, you know, energetic influence going on with him. And, but, but it's interesting. He, he was a, he was a really unique man. I actually saw him in my head a little bit and I kept picking, when I was looking at this i said wow he had an interesting life and he um he would have struggled in relationships like he would have not had an easy time and and i didn't i did not look him up on the internet i don't mm-hmm. have time to look him up i just i wanted to but i didn't get a chance but he had a hard time with romance too and his judgment calls were not great mm-hmm. his perception versus how he interacted when it was on stage conducting or doing anything composing it was amazing but then he had this other side which we all have that a little bit our ghost side i would say we all have that no so speaking of that Brad hmm <laughs> well look
0: at the time
1: <laughs>
0: we may have to continue this discussion online because we're we're relegated to 29 minutes on the air okay. but say what you got to say Janet get it out there okay. it, let, we'll we'll see if we can put it in the broadcast well, I, I, I will say
1: Richard Strauss did have one sister
4: that's what I felt. I didn't yeah, even look no. him up. I swear, yeah. and it showed in there a sister that he had. He was protective of, but then he clashed with her at the same time. So there was this love hate relationship going on between the two of them. One
2: thing we should do um, is get you a recording of Richard Strauss's Symphonia Domestica. He actually wrote mm-hmm. a tone poem about his domestic life. Isn't that interesting? And so, so you could actually yeah. hear. What Strauss thought about his relationships, and he and Strauss was—it's a very famous piece because I mean, there's everything from I would like, love to sexual that. moments yeah. to how it wakes how he, it how he woke up kinky, in the morning. I um, don't know
4: if we can say that on. Yeah, well, anyway, go ahead.
0: Eh. I'm sorry. What did you say? he
4: was kinky. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was kinky. At that point in the score, you I don't have to think look at the trombones. I think <laughs> the FCC is okay with kinky. Kinky <laughs> okay. is all right. <laughs> okay. We can say that. I mean, last time I said Uranus, so we can say definitely say kinky this well, time. Well, I'll
4: around. go through everybody. Do you want me to go through everybody's charts real quick? Because we only have yeah. A I, time. I think I How think, much think time what
0: we'll do. do, we do? Have? Well, uh, I'll have to cut this down a little bit to see if we can make it fit. I, you know, I, I hate to to do it, but I can probably take some time out of our movie quiz. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: i love movie we quizzes i'm like. a fanatic about movies we wish you were here we
0: wish you were here i'll ask you one question if oh. i can find it here's one movie quiz oh. i asked them all questions that had that music in it that 2001 a space odyssey music oh, yeah. right so these were quotes from movies that had that music in it right so here here's the one that they could not get absolutely here's a quote see if you know what movie this is from oh. a movie from 1995 until mankind is peaceful enough not to have violence on the news, there's no point in taking it out of shows that need it for entertainment value.
4: Uh, I don't know. And
0: I said, you know, nobody had a clue.
4: Was it? Was it um, the one where the guy says, um, I, he puts his hand up, mad
1: as hell, and I can't take it anymore? Yes, yeah, that's that what I guess. I, said, I thought it was Network. No, I thought it was not. Network too. No, it was
0: Clueless.
4: I would never have known that, because yeah. I don't think I ever watched that.
1: Yeah, okay. See, we, we Sagittarius's, we stick together. <laughs> yeah, we
4: did I would have thought network, for yeah. sure.
1: But the, the the year doesn't work.
0: 95 was yeah. way
4: too late. Yeah, it was, because yeah. that was yeah. in the 70s.
0: All right. I, I see I'm going to have to dumb down my quizzes from Absolutely. now on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think your right. Gemini is showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Okay, take it away, Janet.
4: Well, well, do you want me to talk about each person's thing? Uh, yeah, maybe, d- maybe d-
0: give us, like, you know, the Reader's us, Digest
1: yeah, version. Yeah, give us the, okay, the, so the, the, the well, Reader's Digest version, and then we'll guess who it is.
0: Oh, oh
4: well,
1: no. I,
4: I, don't, I don't know. If well, N- now
1: saying, that we've skewered handsome, Brad Creswell already, and outgoing well, and funny. And... Well, being
4: a, I, I'll just say this much Zachary, you're, you're a Sagittarius. I he, guess it's Zach. Yeah. <laughs> you are funny even when you try. <laughs> <laughs> you good, even when
2: you don't try. Oh no, that was so much better. <laughs> You're so funny even I'll when you say, try. I, I,
0: <laughs> I hope my wife is not listening cuz she's going to steal that line. From me.
2: <laughs> that is one of the best lines ever.
4: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding, you know that. Well, being a Sagittarius, um, you're not a typical Sag because you you do have the social, you know, en- enterprise aspect going on. But you can tell that you have a lot of planets in your money house, so you're very methodical, analytical, detailed about everything you do. You have your sun sign, moon sign, in opposition, so there's a lot of. Um, you're an amazing dad. Oh my God, you'd be the best dad ever, and you, you would be. Your kid is everything to you. Children, family, and you're very traditional when it comes to marriage life and things like that. So you definitely seek that out. You definitely have for being so young, you have this wonderful gift when it comes to career, but you're going through a big shift that began last October 11, 2017 into this year of your work. So there's going to be some changes because from December 2014 through 17, you went through a big change in your career. So I saw some big transitions similar to that of 07 through 09. So you're now coming into a new direction of your life. It's going to be pretty favorable, but I'll see you. I do see you making some changes this year. There's definitely something in the works for you.
1: A, a career change?
4: Not career, but work-related <laughs> issues. Like maybe, maybe. Nice
1: like, knowing like, you. Isn't I, think,
4: I think this is a this is a temporary. I hope the
1: trustees aren't listening. No,
4: this is temporary for you. You do kind of obsess a little bit about money. There's a little bit, and that's not a Sagittarius thing. Sagittarians could care less about money, but you are somebody who is concerned a little bit overly so. And um, but your health is good. I definitely see that knee issues though. By by the way, a little bit with the knees and back. They do crack.
3: They do crack.
4: Okay. I do remember <laughs> cracking these. Wow.
2: That's the Reader's Digest version? That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, can I, I, love have, just can I have like the the Children's Highlights magazine version. <laughs> well, look the highlights Felicia. version.
4: Itself. Oh gosh. Felicia, yeah. you're born under the sign of Aries, but you're not a typical Aries because your emotional sign is cancer. The moon sign rules who we are inside our heart. And so the moon is who we are. And because it's in the sign of cancer, there's a lot of sensitivity with you. You put a lot of energy into home and foundation, but you can't sit still as well. You can tell you're all over the place. And you went through your Saturn return in 2014 through to 17. So you went through a big growing stage in your life. What I was mentioning to Zach about 07 through 09, you went through it in the last two and a half, three years. So that was a big transition for you. Um, Your Mm. concerns about security are also there a little bit. We all have that, I believe. But um, it's a little deeper than that. You just you really want to make, you know, make changes. and, and, And you're very intuitive. Love that. You're just very intuitive, very sensitive. And you put a lot of passion into your job. You're good at what you do. Oh, you really thank are. Thank you. It's Did true.
3: you hear that, Zach?
4: <laughs> Merwin, you <laughs> are you are born under the sign of Aquarius, which is significant with what you do for a living. I mean, you know, music and because people that have your planets are usually in architectural work. They do architect architectural things. They love to design. Yours comes through your music. You you have a sense of optimism on the outside. You come across like an open book, but you're really not. You don't like people in your business. You come across totally. you come across like this social. I'm everybody's best friend but really you are a private person (laughs) i mean you know the truth oh my gosh you don't like people in your business you're very (laughs) private um you you're you're not materialistic but you do want to do well you're not (laughs) concerned about money in the material sense you just want to be successful and (laughs) it's more about that than the material things you could care less about material um you have creative genius I'll be mm. honest with you. When I looked at your chart, I said, this man is extraordinary. You're, you're strong. Well, <laughs> do you believe in past lives? I do. I think in you know, a <laughs> past life, you were a warrior. Because that's why you don't like to fight. Right now in this lifetime, you bury your head. You don't want to deal with it. So when somebody True. confronts you, you have anxiety, but it's all from the inside, not from the outside. Mm-hmm. You You temper it so carefully. Mm-hmm. And you could see that. But past life things showed up a lot. I thought I it was think just because he was Canadian. <laughs> that might be part of it, too. Oh, you beat me to it. And Brad, we already know you have tummy I, issues. Yes, I used to be um,
0: Richard Strauss.
4: <laughs> you have a lot, but you, you, your biggest thing, what I noticed in here, you went through your Saturn return in 91 through 94, and then in 2020 through 2023, that's another turning point for you. So it's called a Saturn return. It happens to people between 27 to 30, then 57 to 60. So you're coming into a big shift in your work and your job, but you're good at what you do, but you like your home, man. When you get Home, you just want to put your legs up in your chair and just be left alone.
0: Uh, well, that's yeah. Me too. <laughs> and mixed food.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Slosh it around. You'll let your, your food touch. But he wouldn't. Stop. Strauss would not. He was no. very there was a sort of he reminded me of um somebody who's O C D when I looked at that. Just a little bit of the O C D. Now you don't feel Wait, like who are that we talking
0: about? Strauss. Oh, okay.
4: Not good. you. Okay. You're 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 not you know See, not I really
2: a, wish that. I was being compared to like, I don't know, Shimonovsky or somebody like like (laughs) juxtaposed with somebody like that. That If I had
4: their birth dates, I would do some comparison and analysis. Yeah, I don't have that. But it's interesting, but what but I did see genius with you. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel but I you <laughs> That's have, what I say all the time. Actually. <laughs> you have a genius. You you have a very old soul vibration mm-hmm. to me. And I usually and I looked at this and I went, holy moly. I mean you you have capabilities of doing anything, teaching, directing, composing. You have all that in here. No,
0: now wait a minute. I'm I'm sorry, but I thought we were talking about me.
4: <laughs> we already figured out you have stomach issues. <laughs> okay, Merwin's Mer- a drink. genius.
0: Felicia and Zach have amazing and career have opportunities, okay. and I have <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs> At least it's classical guys. And I also said
4: that, um, you know, I said that you're, you reminded me of an engineer, which you are your computer engineer, but you reminded me of somebody who, you have all that Gemini in the third house, use a lot of humor, very funny, but like I said, on the outside. Even
2: when you track. Yeah. yeah,
4: he doesn't like people knowing his business. It, very much like you. You guys, you're similar that way. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting, but um, very private. You're a good husband, though. If your wife asks me, I'll tell you you're a good husband. Good. Although you need to communicate <laughs> a little bit more with her. When she talks about serious stuff, don't turn it into a joke.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: Um, relief doesn't always work.
1: I love it. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see how this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> huh?
0: You're even funny when you, you're you not. <laughs> Is that what it was? No. no. <laughs> You're funny, even when you try. Oh. Wow. See, I can't tell a joke. <laughs>
4: we have to do this again sometime. Can I love it. this.
0: Yes, we TV. will. Seriously. Oh well, that is definitely all the time that we have, and uh, thanks to Janet Amid for joining us. Her website, by the way, if you want to learn more, is janet amid a m i d dot com. Right. Yes. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood, and it is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast. That's at WGTE.org slash lab or on Apple Podcasts. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events, including that concert this weekend. It's at 8 o'clock, the 2nd and 3rd of February at the Paris style. Richard Strauss, also Spock Zarathustra, and Gustav Holst's The Planets. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419 246 8000. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Mermin Sue, and Felicia Canny, and to our special guest, Janet Amid. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.